On today's show, we're starting the prospect pool countdowns for the NHL teams. We're going to be starting with the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, uh, and we are going to be starting throughout the month of August the breakdown of all 32 NHL teams' prospect pools, and we'll be ranking them from 32 to 1 going through the entire month. And we're going to be starting off with the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Tampa Bay Lightning as teams 32 to 30. Not necessarily in that order. We'll check that out together. Um, but Sebastian, how do you want to go about this and how excited are you to get this started for the month of August? We've got a subject for the entire month, which is very good in terms of continuity, right? Oh, it's going to help us. It's going to save us some headaches for sure. But I'm looking forward to just kind of delving into every single prospect pool and seeing how the 2023 draft class kind of shifted things because certain teams that weren't even inside my top 10 prospect pools are now inside my top three after a very, very strong draft. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to break this down throughout the month and we'll be doing a bit of a countdown. So we're starting off with the weaker pools, which obviously usually correlate to the contending teams uh in the nhl for the most part uh and uh, i'm looking forward to kind of breaking down some of the hidden gems because every single prospect pool has some players that are interesting and deserve some attention so i'm looking forward to kind of piecing together some hidden gems for the first couple teams and then as we get into the stronger pools we can focus on some of the, the really high upside players in the league Absolutely. And before we get into that, just make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a comment saying what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. So uh, let's start with, in both our minds, the worst team in the league in terms of prospect pools. Um, I've often called their prospect pool more of a puddle. It's the New York Islanders. Uh, Lou Lamorello hasn't retained a first round pick since 2019. That's the last time the Islanders picked in the first round, and it's starting to show. Um, I like William Zuffo. I like Matthew Maggio. I especially like Callie Odelius. I especially I, like Isaiah George. But love those players. But, but. are they are they kind of high end caliber? And is there any way that the Islanders can work their way forward without a first round pick? I mean, if if they if they trade their 2024 first round pick, I think they're just going to stay at this bottom of the ranking for the rest of time. I mean, it's, it's just rough right now for the Isles, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit painful because they are kind of that one massive exception in terms of this is not a high-end contending team just yet. And yep. the fact that their prospect pool has some interesting depth pieces that uh, in good prospect pools should not crack, crack top five rankings for prospects in a pool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a little bit concerning. Like, again, Callie Adelius, I think, had a bit of an off year. 
yep. but this is a, an intelligent mobile puck moving defenseman. He can he's quite well rounded. Uh, he needs to kind of step up a couple gears again this season to get back to his trajectory from his draft year season. And Isaiah George is one of my favorite players to watch in the OHL. Incredibly physical, tremendous skater, really intelligent, uh, mm -hmm. offensively gifted in ways that he hasn't really been able to show fully just yet. I'm hoping to see more of that this year because if it's not starting to show now, I'll be starting to get a little bit more concerned on the sure. offensive projection. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, like we have Zufool was a decent player. Uh, and then a couple guys have gotten like some NHL looks already, like Simon Holst Holmstrom, who's okay. This mm -hmm. year's picks, 2024, uh, 2023 draft class, Danny Nelson is a very straightforward fourth line center projection. And I yeah. don't see too much beyond that, mm -hmm. uh, which was a strange way of using their highest draft pick this year, considering that this is a pool that only has a couple depth pieces and no one that could move the needle at all. In yeah. my view that spending their highest draft pick this year on a player who I really cannot see cracking a top nine on an NHL contending team. Mm -hmm. That isn't ideal from my perspective, but uh, definitely some interesting names. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it's, it's the type of thing where they need to start collecting more picks just to change the mindset of the draft itself because they're making safe picks every year because they don't have a first rounder and they're just trying to head on wherever they can find them but when you have more picks you can take more risks and i think that'll change the mindset in uh in new york uh drastically in terms of who they pick and that'll improve the prospect pool my kind of read on a guy like uh, isaiah george is really just i mean everything you mentioned is spot on in terms of the offensive untapped offensive skill the uh the physicality but for me it's especially the stick work with him that'll make him stand out at the next level he's just a fantastic disruptor of plays loves to get a stick in lanes and, and get involved uh defensively and he's really good at reading breakouts and finding little lanes to use in order to break out the puck with efficiency and not just kind of dumping it out the first chance he gets he's pretty raw but he'll you know with enough development i feel like he can get something really good out of george um for adelius for me it's it's kelly adelius is just a straight up offensive rush player i love the way that he gets involved in offensive rushes i love the way that he carries a puck out at the offensive zone i just have a lot of trouble with his defensive projectability especially mm -hmm. with the views i've gotten in this year with your gardens and in, in the alsvenskan at a lower competition level he was having a more trouble surprisingly with rush defending, which was very surprising to me. Um, and then you look at a guy like William Dufour, who's a really good offensive mover, a really good uh, kind of uh, spacing type of player in the offensive zone, loves to find those little pockets of space and exploit them. It's got a great shot, but mainly what'll make him work at the next level is how efficiently he's going to be able to find that offensive space. And I feel like he's going to get a great chance of that um, in the AHL. Uh, and he'll be able to work his game up to the NHL level. I'm, I'd be very surprised if you get anything more than a third liner um, out of William Zafol. But at the end of the day, you're getting a really solid one who's going to be able to contribute offensively. Um, reminds me a bit of Anthony Bouvier in some, in some areas, uh, minus the playmaking and plus the goal scoring ability. I feel like he's got 2025 20, goal potential, but I'd be very surprised if he puts up more than 20 assists at the NHL level. Uh, another guy I want to shout out is Matthew Maggio. I've been really impressed with uh, his tape in the OHL this year. Uh, really, really impressed with his his effort level, his intensity, his leadership skills. Um, he's been involved in all three zones regularly, but he's also got the finesse and the offensive uh, 
sort of intelligence to find space and get that shot off. Um, kind of a similar profile to Dufour, but for me, he seems a bit more projectable, uh, mainly because of the effort level on all three zones, his ability to read defensive plays and get involved. I mean, yes, he was 20 years old last year in the OHL, but he truly, truly dominated to a point where I don't think it's it's just a matter of the age. I think he's developed his game in enough ways that he's been very impressive to me. So those are two guys that I think are depth pieces for the Isles, but and same for Odelius, same for for Isaiah George. I just yeah. there's nothing that projects as anything you know top end. I don't see any top six talent now that they've traded out to route to out of uh, out of the Islanders for for Bo Horvat, and especially with the fact that they haven't picked in the first round. Like I said, in the last four years, it's just it's very rough in terms of of how it's looking in the prospect goal for the Islanders. One last name I'll throw out there before we go to break is Jakub Skarek, the goalie. I think I think yep. he's a, a genuinely okay goalie prospect, and mm-hmm. uh, I think he's around the same tier of player as the other ones that we've outlined here. So they yeah. they do at least have like one at least one player like for forward defenseman and goalie, which we can't say for all the teams we're going to be looking at in the next yeah. couple episodes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of slim pickings here. Absolutely. Now we're going to be uh, moving on to the Tampa Bay Lightning and their prospect pool. But before we get into that, Sebastian, tell, tell us about our sponsor for today's episode. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first betting amount back in free bets up to $200. That's right. For just 20 bucks of betting, you can get up to $200 back in free bonus bets which you can spend on anything from money line to over and unders to who you think is going to swing the first home run of a baseball game All on an app. That's safe, secure, easy to use. And when you win, you get your winnings instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB than on FanDuel America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 back in free bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. So moving on to our second segment, we're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning's prospect pool. Uh, This is a perennial contender. They've sacrificed a lot in order to get to that spot, and it shows they show up at 31 on our rankings. Um, Now, Tampa has an interesting pool with a couple of interesting kind of high-risk, high-reward players, some very specialized players in terms of skill set. Um, let's start at the top here. Do you, do you agree with me in saying that Isaac Howard is probably their best prospect? It might be Ethan Goatsey for me now. And I'm, I, I find it funny that I'm the one saying this because you I'm are the so big Goatsey fan. I'm so glad you've come around on him. I'm so glad you've come around I know. On him. It, it, it makes it, me so happy. Took me some time, but I got there eventually. Yeah. Uh, I think Isaac Howard had a tough year and is trending a bit downwards. I think in terms of draft year abilities, I probably would have taken Howard over Goatsey, but with that last year of development, I'm willing to bet that Goatse is going to not take a step back as a D plus one. So mm-hmm. I think he's he'd be my top my top guy. I think he's a plug and play. I think he could be a plug and play middle six winger, and yeah. I think he could play on basically any line and make them better. He's one of the 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 the, the, the players that one of the reasons I love him so much in Tampa is that he is a player that can adapt to playing with really high skill players and elevate them kind of like that Michael Bunting type of role. So um, I find it a bit interesting because they spent like a first, a second, a third, a fourth and a fifth to get uh, Tanner Janot. 
Yeah. And then this one second round pick that they got for Ross Colton, in my opinion, is better projects better than than Janot in terms of overall impact. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's I think he's an excellent player, and I think he would edge out Isaac Howard for the top spot on the prospect rankings here. I'm fine with that. I I still think Howard Howard's ceiling is really higher enticing. for sure. It is a Very lot higher. Enticing. Absolutely. But I love what, what Gochi brings to the game. I've loved what Gochi brings to the game all year. And I had to basically convince you to, to put him you in our top 32. I fought to the nail to put him in our top 32. And and listen, I, I it's looking good so far. I really like, I, I think he's the ultimate line glue player. And Ethan Gochi, you're getting a player who just, he gels any line he plays with and uplifts the skill set of any person, any player that's on his line. Um, with I mean Joshua Roy with him and without him there was a drastic difference in production Ethan Gauthier actually produced better without Joshua Roy when Joshua Roy went to the world juniors Gauthier produced more points per game had more chances uh, in the offensive zone his team had I, mean, I think 85 or 90 percent of the scoring chances uh, at, at five on five without Joshua Roy on his lane on his line it's just insanity what he's able to do um, and I feel like at the NHL level, he could be a guy that you just plug on your top line and he's never going to be the, he's, he's never going to be the producer on the line. He's probably going to get you 55, 60 points on a top line, but he's going to get your stars a hundred points. I mean, he's that, he's that type of guy. I love what he brings to the game. So it's, it's very interesting, but it's just outside of that for me, for Tampa. I mean, they've got Hugo Alnefeld, who's a pretty good goaltender my boy duke's also fine i i'm not as sold on them as you are but yeah sell them on me i i I like dylan duke a lot and in his draft year he was he was basically the best player in the draft class as a net front presence and that was literally it he had that one skill and that was everything he was amazing at and to me that was worthwhile taking the top three rounds so he Mm -hmm. was the last player that fell in that 2021 draft that i would have been banging the table for uh and I think he's progressed tremendously well at Michigan, which surprise, surprise, Michigan developed players. Well, yeah. who would have thought, mm-hmm. but uh, he he's really diversified his game. He's still a tremendous net front presence, but he's a lot better as a give and go player. He's mm-hmm. not the, the strongest skater and he's not going to be a big puck carrier that uh, dynamically enters the zone. That's not his game at all, but he yeah. plays a gritty and respectable style that I, I just like a lot. And I think it, it slots quite seamlessly into, into a bottom six. And it really fits what Tampa has been trying to build in their bottom six of super high energy, elite four checking, uh, not necessarily point production. But the nice thing with, with Dylan Duke is he can be that player at five on five, and then he yeah. can be your net front presence on a PP1 or a PP2. And that yeah. gives him versatility. And I, I really like that. Uh, now, I don't think that that type of player should be in your top three best prospects, which is why Tampa is so low on our rankings here. But I do think he's a really fun prospect that uh, I I think that there's a better chance than not that he, that he becomes a good bottom six piece. Yeah, no, absolutely. Fully agreed. Um, Yeah. My, my read on him is just, it's, I understand the versatility. I just, for me, I have trouble seeing a defining standout trait that'll make him kind of, you know, if, if, if he's not able to skate at an NHL level, if he's not able to keep up with four checking for the four checking pace that's required at the NHL level, what skill can he fall back on in order to be a productive NHLer? I I don't really see that. I like the goal scoring, I like the, the front game, but not to a level where I'm convinced that he's got 20 goal potential. Um, but time will tell with Duke. I think that he's one of the less raw players. Um, 
outside of the NHL for me. He he's got the frame, he's got the physicality, he's got the intelligence, the awareness to kind of figure it out at the NHL level, but not in a kind of in a kind of line defining role for sure. That's we're going to see how he develops in the AHL this year because he signed as ELC, uh, okay. I believe, and uh, I, I, could, I could also see him kind of topping out as an Alex Bariboulet, who kind of just like dominates the AHL yep. and with every NHL opportunity that where you always think like this should be the time it works. It might <laughs> not just because the skating, the processing speed might not be quite at the level that they need to be. But uh, as of right now, I'm still kind of hopeful, but uh, we'll we'll see how he how he produces and and continues to to improve in the AHL against pro competition. Absolutely. And one quick shout out to Roman Schmidt, who was a pick that they made uh, a bit a bit high for me personally. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but Schmidt has he has all the makings of a bottom pair NHL defenseman, which is. I mean, at this point, with the core that they have, I, I'm I'd be very surprised if they start going for the high risk, high reward guys. Uh, yeah. So Roman Schmidt is just is right in the wheelhouse of what a contender should be making as a pick, especially when your core is locked down for the next five six years. So uh, they're fine with that. Um, yeah, two, two more names I'll I'll, I'll bring up. Uh, uh, three actually, they have, they have some interesting depth guys that probably won't make it, but are interesting for various reasons. Uh, yeah. Lucas Edmonds, uh, who they picked way too high last year yep. after a massive season of production in Kingston where he outproduced Shane Wright uh, in, in, yep. in his own draft year. Uh, but he was 20 years old and he's a fantastic handler in space, but he struggles in tight, in small area scenarios, which is not ideal for a shifty winger who does really has no physical game. Yeah, um, exactly. And he struggled in the AHL because it's tough with his style. Yeah. Uh, Jack Finley and Maxim Groshev are two other players that have some skill and and flash some interesting things. I don't know if I'd bet on them, but I wouldn't necessarily bet against them becoming decent mm -hmm. AHL guys that can plug holes in the NHL when need be. But uh, I think the fact that we're getting to these players already uh, tells a lot. Of, it speaks yeah. to the level of the Tampa prospect pool. It's not the deepest, uh, but there are a couple interesting names. Absolutely. Now we're going to be moving on to our third team in the top 32 prospect pools. Uh, the team that's at 30, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll get to that right after our messages. All right. So moving on to our third segment and the uh, team number 30 in our prospect pool rankings, we're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now the Penguins picked at 14th overall in last year's draft. Made a decent-ish selection, but I think it's way too high for my liking. And uh, Braden Yeager at at fourteen is man. I I it's a risk. I think there was a slight yeah. There was a slight overcorrection with Yeager, in my personal opinion. I think that you know, yes, he had an off year, and yes, it wasn't to the level that you could have appreciated out of a out of a Yeager who last year looked like a surefire kind of top five guy. But still, I feel like. You know, seeing him in outside a lot of first rounds uh, in the mid seconds on some rankings, I was kind of astounded because he's got fantastic goal scoring ability. He's improved. I had him outside the top thirty two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, that was kind those. of my that I was know. kind of the alley post setting up for you. I wanted you to talk about that and, and kind of rationalize that for me. I mean, I had him at thirty nine, which is harsh. I think yeah. I think my, my issue is. <laughs> I don't see him as a very projectable player as he's currently constructed. He 
he is not enti- he's not very inside driven. He has a real lack of a physical game when the style he plays in order to translate to the NHL will, will require a strong physical foundation. I just haven't seen that at all. Whereas yeah. other players with, with, with weaker physical games like Jaden Perron and Andrew Crystal, you see adaptive tools to get around that. And I don't really see that with Jaeger. He's, he's a decent off puck player, but on the puck, I find him quite limited. He's not the greatest handler. He's not very deceptive. He's not overly physical. I, I think he's a decent processor of the game, but I don't think it's, really a separating tool he has an amazing shot and he's really worked on his playmaking those are two really clear strengths for sure and like there's a reason i still had him ranked top 40 like i i think there's some really good tools there yeah that said the defensive game took some big steps back uh last season in my in, in my viewings i thought mm-hmm. that jagger Furcus was really the offensive driver even denton matechuk still when when they were on the ice together and that yeah. jaeger is a good he connects play decently well. He can he can connect his wingers pretty decently. I think I think there's a decent chance that you're getting a three C out of this. I'm just a bit skeptical still of uh, picking that type of player 14th overall, especially when it's a player that in my mind projects as a middle six piece at best, who also isn't projectable for me. I think I would prefer it if they would have gone for a guy like Samuel Hanzek in this slot, where you get perhaps a similar ceiling, but way more certainty. And in my opinion, way more intriguing tools and a lot more options for development staff to kind of mold a player in any way that they that they want to. With Jaeger, mm-hmm. you have to get him to build on his physical game and double down on the goal scoring and the playmaking. And then you might get a guy that can score you 30 goals and 30 assists, maybe, if you're playing with uh, the ghost of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, maybe, but I, I have some doubts. That said, he he is the best player, that the best prospect that, that we have looked at in this episode. And there's a yeah. reason that we have Pittsburgh ahead of uh, of Tampa the Islanders and, uh, and the Lightning, because mm-hmm. Jaeger is a legitimate first-round caliber talent. I'm ranked 39th, but he was the last player in my tier that was going way up into my first round. So yeah. I do think he's a first-round caliber player. Uh, but I have a lot of doubts. But that that that's my that's my take on Jaeger. Yeah, no, I I fully understand where you're coming from there. I just feel that I, I always kind of look with a bit of tentativeness. Is you know, it's the same with Cam Allen. You know, to players yeah. that had a big Old regression Russian. in their draft year, and you know, especially when it comes to their defensive awareness, their decision making. With Jaeger, I felt like there was a lot of frustration this year. Um, there, there was a lot of rush decisions and trying too much to impress in his draft year, which is a bit of the same feeling I got out of Cam Allen every time I watched him. But I feel like Cam Allen gave me a bit more headaches when I watched him. That's why I had him right oh, lower. Sure. I still had yeah. Jaeger in the kind of 26 to 28, 29 range in my personal that's rankings. And that's a totally fine range for him. And that's definitely fair. It's just like still 14 is high. Like even for me, who's higher on him than you are, I still yeah. feel like 14 was way too high based on where I would have taken Jaeger. Um, I have the same concerns regarding the defensive acumen and, and the decision-making and the on-puck game. Um, I feel like a skating needs to come a couple ways as well. Um, but for me, it's just his off-puck game is so solid in the offensive zone. It I, is. I have a very hard time naming you a better like finder of space in the offensive zone. Like he's so good at finding those old pockets, hitting him at the right times. I like that. I I love that that element of his game, and it's just 
I'm not convinced that I like dropping him outside of the first round um, is, is warranted, even though we both agree at a very big regression in this draft year. Yeah. I, I still think there are some elements of his game that are solid enough. And especially the improvements in his playmaking, which you don't see often in goal scorers that gives promise. I like to see a player who's able to develop areas of his game that, that aren't as recurrent in their play style. It's not like he is facing a lot of playmaking scenarios as a goal scorer, as a trigger man on the power play. He's seeking those scenarios, which is what I like to see out of a prospect. Is he seeking the scenarios that he doesn't see often in order to improve those areas of his game? And Jaeger definitely was, even though defensively was it was a headache this year. But yeah, I mean, Cal- Cam Allen was as well, and he fell into the 150s, and Brady Jaeger was picked Way 14. Yeah, <laughs> was it 136? I think that Allen was. I think it was one 146 or 136, some, something, something like that. It, the Capitals got a bit of a steal on Cam Allen, but yeah. there are a couple other interesting names with Pittsburgh. It's not. It's not just the the Braden <laughs> Jaeger pool. Uh, yeah. I thought Owen Pickering was a good pick last year in terms Very of an upside pick, bet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really toolsy, kind of just the better version of Caden Price from this past draft, in my opinion, of a yeah. similarly, like, very raw, uh, but some really nice flashes of tools. I think Big he left grew shot a foot. I think he grew oh my a foot God. in his draft yeah. year or something like that. Well, so very lengthy. Draft year, so... It was it was between, like, the ages of 15 and 16, I think. He gained, like, like 12 inches or 11 inches in height, and he just entirely had to change the way he played because his yep. entire hockey career, he was the undersized defenseman. And then all of a sudden he's like, what, six foot three, six foot four? <laughs> yeah. You have to adapt to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like there's definitely differences there. But uh, I didn't watch too, too much of him as a D plus one. What I did <laughs> see was good. Um, but I, I, I can't I can't give too, too much info in terms of D plus one viewings because they were only in passing. Yeah. Uh, and there's little other reason to watch Swift Current uh, in the WHL. Agreed fully. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Emil Yarventy, our our uh, our old uh, European scouts favorite. I mean, he's, he loves him, right? He just absolutely adores A two Sultan. Totally not. This. Totally not a DND on E two Sultan's <laughs> rankings since yeah. September. Totally not I, happening. Yeah. I, I think Etu Sultan and our European scout put him as a do not draft in September, which is just absurd. It was uh, funny. But I, I do like the Calgary. I absolutely I like the Zam Plant pick personally. I really like that yeah. pick for you. He's he's playing in UMD right now and is probably going to continue developing his game, but a very fun, very skillful player. And that's what I like to see in, in teams that are contending and you know, have an aging core, have guys who are going to be retiring soon. Wink, wink, Sidney Crosby. Uh, you know, I, I like to see those kind of bets. And then I, I liked, but didn't love the Cali Kangas pick. Um, it was it was a decent bet on a guy who is a very specialized player, not necessarily kind of the type of guy who you can plug in any role. And he's a very specified role, but um, decent enough that, you know, you can take that bet. Outside of that, though, Couple names. Can, I mean, I mean, Tristan Braz is, yeah. is fine. I like Lucas Fajkowski, who just had his first season in the AHL. He, he, to me, could be like the next Matthew Phillips in terms of an undersized, skilled guy that should get NHL shots but doesn't. Uh, but he's, mm-hmm. I loved him in the, in the WHL. He's just an electrifying player, great handler. But mm-hmm. in terms of NHL upside, it's more the fun factor than the projectability. Um, yeah. 
do we count Ty Smith as a prospect considering he played in the AHL last year? I don't know. I mean, he played enough NHL games that yeah, I don't think he, he's, he's played awesome over 100, there. I think. And yeah. even then, I, I still I, I have my doubts about Smith based on yeah. I mean, he's he's good at what he does, but he does one thing. And yeah. it's just I, I like the offensive movement at the blue line. I like the way that he's able to open up shooting lanes and 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 pass, you know, a, a, as a power play quarterback. But I don't think he has enough surrounding skill in order to become yeah. a top power play quarterback, which is where he would excel. It's just it's it's especially rush defending and in the defensive zone. It's a headache. I'm not convinced of Ty Smith's kind of top four potential. His yeah. rush defending and end zone defending would need to come a good three, four steps. And he's already, what, 23? Yeah, he's, um, he's getting up there in age in terms of prospects. So, yeah, not entirely sold. Um, but yeah, One last no, guy I'll mean, throw out there is Joel Blomqvist. I think he's a good goalie prospect. So As a goalie prospect, yeah, he's up there in terms of the best personally. I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, that, those are the reasons why we have Pittsburgh at 30 rather than 31 or 32. It's just they have enough, they have enough decent pieces. They have the best prospect out of the three that we've mentioned so yes. far. And they've also got and a very, very decent goalie. Yeah, yeah, and also a very good goalie prospect, which helps a lot. For sure. Uh, but that wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment saying who you want us to talk about next, which team you support and are excited to hear us talk about. Uh, and if you're listening on your favorite pa podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. Uh, for your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They've got the, the, all the news from uh, the recent kind of sporting events, letting you know what's going on in the sporting world. And... Make sure to tune in for our episode on Wednesday where we'll be breaking down teams 29 to 27. Uh, we won't tease you on the names of those teams. You'll have to tune in for that. But this has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.